Happy Tuesday. Good morning, everybody. It's the 18th of October, 2022. I, I don't know why I'm looking at you like it that. Like, it's the 18th of October. It is the 18th of October. Yeah. It is. It's the eight, I'm not, you know, October is not blowing past us. No. But it's not crawling either. No. So. Yeah. It's, maybe it's doing what a month should. I don't know. It's found a nice tempo. Yeah. But we're 18, 18 days into October. So that's, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. We're, yeah, we're more than halfway through. Totally. Well, yeah, totally. Yeah. And you know, this is it's you know, it's starting to feel a lot like autumn. Yes, it is. Isn't it nice? Yeah, we actually had a moment last night. We were outside and we're like, uh, it's chilly. Yeah. It's it's cool. Lovely. Yeah, I mean, we've had the windows open for a bit, but you actually closed them yesterday cuz you were cold. That's true. It's awesome. Oh no, I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah, I'm not, I, I still don't know the Celsius Fahrenheit relationship, but no, I'll never. I think our wind chill was, was pretty chill. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. The yeah. temperature was, should have been fine, but with the wind, it was like not fine. Yeah. Do you think our voices are sounding great after our vocal exercises we did? I think, well, no, I'm still <laughs> a little hoarse, actually. Okay. I don't know why I've got the morning frogs but yeah we uh sunday we had a festival for the kids to kind of begin the culmination of sukkot as it was winding down and yeshen zahop did songs with the kids and they were teaching them the vocal exercises and we were trying to do them and we couldn't do the little no lip flappy thing no yeah, I'm my, sure there's an official term for it. My lips ain't flapping this early in the morning. Yeah, so we, we made up some of our own. It was entertaining to be here. Sorry that you all weren't. I, you know, we're the ones, we're the, we're the people who are doing morning tea, so we, we yeah. get what we pay for. And yeah. It's morning. And we got a good laugh out of it. Yeah. It was fun. Well, we watched and thought it was hilarious. We both did it like we couldn't stop, so yeah. Yeah. We f- we're vocally exercised, and here we are. We are. Any announcements? Um, let's see. We will be live streaming tonight. Yes. Yeah. We'll praise the Lord tonight. We will. We will. The Blue Army will be... Praising the Lord. They will. Yeah. So, yeah, live stream tonight. And, um, you know, I don't guess we would call this an announcement, but just want to share... With everyone that um, that our beloved Manna has gone to be with the King and with Quail, yes, over the weekend, and so we're we're a bit achy though celebrating that reunion. So, yeah, so Manna is uh, from Pasadena. She's part of part of the great. Um, blessing of california that a family we have there so yes it it's always it's always hard to walk through this crazy collision between the celebration of a reunion and you know knowing that she is so happy right now and we're we're miserable but she's happy. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you know, we have the ache. We do have missing ache. her There's for sure. Ache. And um, we're going to miss Mana a lot. Yeah, 
And just thinking of her, like, you know, I, I did have the honor to give her her covenant name. And it, you know, she so, so took hold of daily bread like that was her sustenance. Like, I, I just watched her live from that place of being sustained daily. And uh, if there was ever a person that with every taste she took of of that daily bread every moment every every just piece and portion of him that she took you know manna means what is it or how does this taste how do you how are you um seeing the lord right now there was never a moment that he didn't taste sweet to her and i will just always carry that the the beauty of daily bread and really living reconciled to his goodness. That's that's how. That's an inheritance that she gave us through her covenant and and I'm gonna hold fast to that because it's just the best way to live and the just fasten to his goodness. So yeah. Yeah, we we got to read her. Well we we chose to read spend some time reading her poetry mm-hmm. in the book that we've we've had in the storehouse for many a year. Yeah, yeah. So there're probably a number of people listening right now that have that book and yeah, not realize that that yeah. was manna, but Yeah, if you don't we do have some so such a treasure. Um it's called The God of Second Chances and uh It's got her bank name on it, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the book is called The God of Second Chances, and that's, um, yeah, she's got a, the, the tale of it at the beginning, like how how second chances came to mean so much to her. And so, there's a, it's just a real storehouse um, of her heart for the Lord and for His people. And for one flesh, and and quail even has a couple of poems in there. So, yeah, it's been a real, a real um, comfort to be to be reading and remembering, and just um, just being um, fed, you know, in that way of of who she is. So, yeah. Well, we love you, Mana. We do. Yeah, I'm so glad that Quail and Mana are together again. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes lots of sense. Yeah. It's one of those visuals that makes us very happy. Yeah, for sure. Quail, Mana, Jesus, good times. Good times. Well, um, this morning, uh, <laughs> heaven help us, we... Um, <laughs> oh, good. We are... Uh, we're responding to Elohim, and that's all that matters. And there's definitely a a sound that's come out. And um, to start this morning, I'm going to uh, take just a few sentences from the chapter of Terraforming Waves, which we just did in August Rush. So this is T30. And the chapter was called Torn. And it's the one chapter we haven't really talked about at all. Um, in the podcast, um, and and I think we have a lot more that we're going to cover on it. But we're going to start today just with this reference to Psalm one hundred nine, 
verse 6. And um, in that, that verse is just about the wicked person who is an accuser. And um, this word accuser is Satan, or in English, Satan. And uh, Satan, which is Hebrew 7854, it's a noun masculine, it's made from Shin, Tav, and Nun. Um, to us, Satan or Satan is this person, um, but biblically, it's more than a person. It is a person, but it's also, um, it is a description of the one who accuses, the wicked person who accuses. And um, the word Satan also means adversary, and, and it also means one who withstands. And so, I think one of the most tragic understandings that we get from this word Satan, which is Satan, is most examples of the accusing adversary in the Bible are fellow believers. And that, that is a real painful thing, that, that somehow the one who is the accuser, the dragon, infiltrates the people of God with the greatest, if you will, the greatest success is by dividing us. And that, that, um, that idea that we can be offended at each other, the idea that from offense we can react and that that if we react in offense, that it's going to divide us. And that when we do, those accusations tend to linger a lot longer than, than they, they should. It's like, it's like if we enter into agreement with the accuser, if we find ourselves in a place where, where we have been divided because of the deception of evil, that, that this can be something that hangs around a long time, which comes from the name Satan, which is one who withstands. So, the wicked accusation, and just you know, separate the accusation from the person, because that makes it sound like our fellow believers are lost to us. And of course, that's not okay for us because we don't give up on anyone. Um, and hopefully no one gives up on us. But Satan, one who withstands, is a lingering accusation. So, I felt Jesus really say, hey, remember my words. And I know we've said these a lot. In fact, we try to say these a lot. And after a year or two or three it's really good for us to just review and be refreshed about what Jesus said. And, and Jesus' wording um, is a little gender-specific, which can trip you up. And so, I hope that we're not tripped up by this, but, but it's it, using, using the words that Jesus used at least gives us the idea that we're not talking about strangers per se, um, but most importantly, we're not talking about spiritual strangers, meaning we're not talking about people that 
that don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, per se, but but we are talking about people who, whether we know them or not, do. And so, in Matthew 18, verse 15, we've quoted this many times, if your brother sins against you, and there's all kinds of Greek in here that we could spend a lot of time on, because um, some of these words for sin are common and some are not. But if your brother sins against you, or if your brother misses the mark, or if your brother errs, or if your brother um, does something hurtful, go and tell that person their fault between you and that person alone. And I want to emphasize this because I really feel like this is the number one missing piece of 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 how to handle when things go wrong and it's what doesn't happen the most is we we don't come together privately i will never forget and i don't remember the exact day but 35 years ago or so i was a part of a home group that was split in half it was a little home group just a little sweet fun beautiful home group and we used to get together and we used to pray and share life and share Christ with each other. And it was just beautiful. And one day, somebody publicly said in the group, there is someone in this room who is slandering me and, you know, and, and trying to get reconciliation publicly. And um, so... That whoever that person was in the group, of course, didn't say a word, was, was traumatized probably by the public thing. And, and maybe they didn't even know. I don't, you know, I don't know. This was, this was 35 years ago and I wasn't the leader. But I can just tell you that, that there was this divide that took place. And it came from, for whatever reason, either because an attempt was made, I don't know the the specifics, but attempt was made to to talk privately or no attempt was made. I don't know which one it was, but Elohim really impressed this upon me. And, um, and so, what happened was, is uh, instead of a, a being drawn together to just, you know, oh my gosh, there was a misunderstanding or, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I sinned. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, or what, whatever it might be. But, but there, the two, you know, most common things that either happen is, is we had a misunderstanding or I sinned, one of the two. And it didn't happen. It didn't. And so, but it started, it, it, you know, my experience in this, it started publicly. And you could tell by the pronouns that were used that, that this was the first time that they that any conversation had taken place and it it literally sucked two groups away from each other it was a, a repelling uh magnet it was a reverse magnet magnet it just pulled us apart and and so this yeah this uh, home group this sweet little home group was just broken in two mm. and i i think I think if we can look at this and see, oh my goodness, this is what the one who is the accuser 
is trying to make us become our children of the accuser, children of the dragon. And how would would the evil one do that? Well, very simple, is we get offended, um, we get hurt, we, we don't like something, we, we never get clarification as to whether this is what really happened. Is this really what happened? You know, and we never get that clarification. And, um, and, and so we pull apart. And when we pull apart, that's when you see most commonly people start slandering each other. People start to um, gossip. And uh, and and slander, and you know when it's it's interesting. You know you'll see, you know as we've talked about many times, there's these Christian watchdogs out there, and they they feel like it's their job to find people who are you know erroneous or or you know the bad guys, the beware ofs, and they'll actually publicly say, you know these these people or this person is evil. And they never once respond to Jesus in Matthew 18, 15, is, hey, if you believe in me and this other person believes in me, it doesn't matter if you've never met before, go privately and talk to them. And then you have people who both believe in Jesus, but they're not strangers. They have this wonderful long-term relationship, but don't they they don't have that that hey this is what my experience was you know and and oh my gosh there's a misunderstanding or oh my gosh we sinned or whatever the case might be and so it's god drawing us to be reconciled and and to always respond in god in that to always choose elohim which means you know we're we're not just like oh god told us to do this so we're going to go do this so then it becomes god's will our way but we actually walk through it god's will god's way which might mean timing there might be a timing side to it and we want to yield to that timing we want to yield to how god has us do it but nonetheless it's the idea that in our hearts we always are ready for um, responding in love. So, this is, this is where we are continuing our journey, even just from last week, asking Elohim to be the source of our holiness, asking Elohim to be the source of our righteous acts today is, Elohim, what would you have us do today? And, um, and that's where Jesus reminds us that we are a people of love. And I know you and I were talking, you know, just yesterday, because uh, yesterday was uh, Shemini Atzeret, which is the uh, Hebrew eighth day, you know, the eighth day of, of the solemn assembly. In this case, is the eighth day of Sukkot. Mm-hmm. And um, so, this was a time of reflection. It was a time where, you know, we really got to, and, and I think like here, you know, we were, were really responding to that, just having a reflection and going through our origins. And, you know, some of that was reading the Torah, you know, reading the first five books of the Bible. And some of that was uh, going through God's, God's sort of story of our origins and, and really just loving our way through that. And but, but the two things that God just kept reminding me of is from the Torah, love God with all your heart. Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. Love one another 
Love your neighbor as yourself, Leviticus 19.18. And that Jesus actually called those our greatest commandments. We, I, th- I think once a year, it needs to be a podcast, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or maybe five times a year. I mean, how can we not say love God and love each other? If we don't say yeah. that every week, then what are we even doing? Miss the message. Exactly. Matthew 22.36-40. You know, it's just that it's just that place where our heart is constantly poised towards loving one another. And, and I, I pray, you know, I think, I think it's really easy for us to lose sight of the power and the authority God's given us of being set free. And that, you know, each one of us, any, any moment of any day, each one of us could ask God to shine the light in our lives any day and every day, we should be asking for daily bread. Mm-hmm. And if we are intimate with God, we'll see in the light those places where we have fallen short of the glory, and we'll see places where we've been wounded, you know? And to not ignore those, but to let the blood of Jesus set us free from whatever it was that hurt us, so that when we interact with each other, we're not walking in with this wound and we've got these these programs of how to protect ourselves and how to, you know, how to, you know, to keep ourselves from getting further hurt or or to look at our neighbor and think, oh, you know, they've hurt me once, they're going to hurt me again. And instead, walking through that place of healing where we are being healed. And if, and if we can't do that at home with the light, daily bread, and the blood of Jesus on our own, you know, schedule a prayer appointment, you know, and get prayer. But because we are, we're a community, walk in community and be set free. But, um, but that we would never allow these places of a pain between each other to last, but that we would bring them to each other and be set free. We would go to God and be healed, that we would go to each other and, um, and, and walk in truth and love. And, and let that be a, one of many manifestations of the holiness that Elohim is the source of inside of us each day. Yeah, so good. And, you know, it really ties to our word that we had for the Gregorian year of 2022, that we would be houses of prayer. We, His temples, would be houses of prayer. And, and you know, in the midst of, of something like you're describing, if prayer has happened or not. You know, when there's a fence and it, it comes to the point that you were describing, you know if it's been held to the Lord or not. Um, you know, we have had a journey here over the past years where, um, and I think we invited everybody you know, that was listening at the time into this as well, but we had a season of nothing between us, of, of really going to each other and saying, is there anything between us? Is there something unsaid is there something said that you know came out differently or wasn't understood and and really walking through that and then we went from that to how have I hurt you which wasn't going to somebody and saying how have I hurt you but praying and saying you know if if you're seeing a like a rift in a relationship 
what was my part, Papa? And letting him reveal that and then going and saying, hey, I feel like the Lord revealed this. All of that is from the posture of prayer, you know, to to have considered each other before the Lord, not regurgitated a disagreement, not replayed things from the past in your mind. You know, if, if you're 10 years down the road and you still have this, you know, this thing about, you know, something someone said or did 10 years ago, you, you haven't, you haven't offered that to the Lord for His reconciliation. And so, that's, that's part of being that house of prayer, is considering each other, taking our hearts to Him and saying, hey, reveal, reveal my part, reveal anything I've done so that we aren't accusing each other. If you've ever been the accused, you know how much that hurts, how hard that is, how just how heartbreaking it is, because it begins to change your narrative. It adds a narrative to your story, and the narrative can soon be exchanged for what your story really is based on this accusation or this offense. And gosh, we want to be we want to be adding songs to each other's story, you know, poems, masterpieces, not, not, um, you know, just tearing at the fabric of each other's stories. So, and I, I think talking about this after Sukkot um, is really important because, you know, at the end of Sukkot, yes, the sukkahs came down, and people had traveled to Jerusalem for the feast. They had traveled to their homelands for the feast, but it it wasn't then this journey of, okay, now we're all going back where we were. Sukkot brings this reconcilement, this rehearsal for dwelling together, and not just dwelling together, but in peace, in joy, in love, in hope. And so, from Sukkot, you don't go to this you know, we're, we're dividing, we're going forward together multiplied. We've been multiplied by this experience. And now there's this, this real purpose and, and hopefully passion to walk together differently than we did before Sukkot. And, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the parts of the fall feast, Sukkot is called the ingathering. You know, it's the ingathering of of people, but also it was, you know, everybody had gathered their seed into their storehouses, and then they took that first fruit to the temple. They took it, you know, as their offering, but the seed was already there, you know, as they entered into Sukkot. They already knew they were provided for. They already knew um, that thing had been left out, and they were there to share with each other, and then to go forward sowing, and uh, not sowing separate, but sowing as one for the harvest, you know, that was to come. And, uh, you know, you really come out of Sukkot with such the awareness that you are the sukkah, you are the temple, like each of us are. We are the many rooms, you know, of heaven, and that 
we are carrying, like we're heavy with seed because our storehouse is full for the days ahead and it's already been provided. And so, you know, the first fruits have been given and now it's just this surplus of seed for the harvest to come. And knowing that in the days ahead we will sow and then there'll be the season where we don't see much happening. You know, that's, um, we're coming to Hezbon, not not just yet, but that's the, you know, the late fall and early winter where you're not seeing the sprouting, you're not seeing those things. And there's no better time for unity than that to be reminding each other what was sown. And to remind each other, we have to have willingly shared that with each other, you know, as we sowed, that this was this was the seed. And so, in these days, I think we get to be surprised by the seed, um, what really He's given us to sow, and where we're really sowing it. So, we had an experience yesterday um, where it, you know, it was getting cooler, and it really felt like it was time to bring the plants from outside into the greenhouse, and so we went in and, you know, cleaned the greenhouse all up and then um, took all the plants inside, and and then we had our packets of seed um, that we'll sow, you know, for this season ahead, and and we um, have seed that, that is being given to us and that we're getting to share with each other, like, oh, this is from my harvest. This is from this harvest, and we're getting to share those with each other. And um, so, I had this recollection that I had in a filing cabinet some seeds. And so, I came in because I just wanted to have it all in the greenhouse. And so, I went and, you know, that this filing cabinet is like a dark recess of doom. No, it's just, it's very organized. There's just a lot of stuff in there that uh, could use more space, I guess. So, but I'm looking for these seed packets, and I have this idea of where they are. And I reach in, and I'm not finding the seed packets, but I feel something that feels like a packet, and I pull it out, and it's a letter. And it was thick enough that it felt like a packet. And, and I immediately knew, like, in this moment, we're gathering seed for planting, for sowing, that this was really purposeful and that I was, it was a packet of seed and it was a letter that in the reading rewrote history and um, reconciled me because it, it was a place um, where we had been, we had chosen to to walk the ground of grief and had gone through, you know, surrendering to the sorrow and receiving comfort. And, and we're really in the place of, of that third part of covenant of grief to joy, which was where you're seeing all the covenant and you're seeing the things to prune, the things to let go of, the things that you held um, and kind of designed for yourself and then taking hold of all the covenant that's there. And that's kind of where we were. So I had felt at kind of the precipice of that field and really asking, 
how do I sew in this field in these days? And, and here's this letter that completely revealed all the seed that was needed for that field had already been provided. And so with history rewritten, there was a future and I hope there was a place to rebuild. And so let, let him surprise you with seed, you know, let him surprise you. Don't, don't feel like you have to, um, come up with that, you know, but let him reveal the seed that's in the storehouse of you because, you know, the storehouses where all of that seed was brought was the temple, and here we are, mobile sukkahs, you know, um, temporal temples but full of seed. We are storehouses. We're the overflowing barns. We're the granaries, you know, that's who we are. We have the supply of provisions. So, um, so as we go forward from here, there is a rebuilding. There is a a rebuilding in the sewing, you know, that is happening. And there is something that happens during Sukkot that that demonstrates this. So during Sukkot, you read you read or sing, really, the idea is to sing the Psalms of Ascent, which are Psalms one twenty through one thirty four. And these psalms really um, take you from the journey of grief to joy. Um, the beginning, there's a very exiled feeling in Psalm 120, but by Psalm 134, it's about raising your hands in the sanctuary. And uh, there's one that even David is saying, I won't sleep until there's a habitation for you. And David Throughout, and he didn't write all of these psalms. He wrote, I think, four of them. Ten are anonymous, and then Solomon wrote one that was kind of the pinnacle of the songs of ascent. And uh, ascent means going up. That word is ma'alot, and it means going up. It also means rebuilding. It means to take what you saw in that third place, that third covenant of grief to joy, and to, to collect the harvest of it and have that for the rebuilding. So, there are 15 Psalms of Ascent, um, and there's a few reasons for that. When, um, when the priests would go up to the temple, they would ascend the 15 steps, and then they sang these 15 Psalms as they were there. These psalms also ascend in their musical notes, so they begin with the lower register and then ascend to higher one. The, the people, as they were going to the feast, they, they sang these songs of ascent as they were on the way, as they were journeying together. So Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot, these songs of ascent, these 15 psalms were sung, and you have this picture because the feasts begin with coming out of exile and the, the grief of being separate, the grief of being exiled to Sukkot, which is about dwelling, which is about abiding. And so, it's, it's about that journey from grief to joy. That's 
one of the things the, the feasts model for us. We begin with the grief of that separateness, and we come to Shavuot, which is the revelation of who God is and the choice of that God, choosing that God that has already chosen us, and then coming to Sukkot and dwelling together, abiding together, abiding together with God. And so even the feast reveal this journey of grief to joy and, and what that looks like in the, the wilderness between and, and all of those things. So to ascend is to rebuild. And um, 15 in Hebrew is Samek, which is a circle, a shield, a wedding ring. It's the consecration of the priesthood. It's His glory that upholds, supports, and protects. And I love in Psalm 119, in um, the portion that is Samek, because 119 is each letter of the Aleph Bet, and we've talked about that, like even taking your covenant name and the letters and looking at, at each letter in Psalm 119, but in the section of Samek, the words are all about the support, the shield being upheld. You come away from Sukkot, you come from Sukkot with this ache for home, and it's, it's the ache to dwell together the way we were created to, the way we were intended to. And there's, there's these songs to sing that set the joy before you, you know, as you're going through. One of the, the portions of this is in that, that the 15 in the Samek, which also means to reveal a hidden position and place. It's a, a place concealed that's meant for protection that invites us to not avoid the risk of intimacy so that hidden things can be revealed to us. And as those hidden things are revealed, we're home. We're abiding. We're abiding in who He is. It's so just this idea of home is so, not just the idea, but the need for home is sown into us. And here, we're in this season invited to sow together, and we're not sowing our oats. We're sowing His seed. And something is being established on the earth through this sowing and for each other, and it's home. It's a place to be within. And um, we see the, the picture of this, um, this journey even uh, that we talked about in the feast from grief to joy. Um, even in, in the patriarchs, so Abraham, he talked about the mountain of God, and it was a place that you visited. And then Isaac was so much about the field of God, which was a place that you met, you know, that you met God. But then you come to Jacob, and it's about the house of God. He called where he was the house of God. So um, the mountain... That word for mountain, Harar, also means to think or consider. So it's the place you consider God and, and choose Him. And then the field, that word is Sada, and it means to be nourished. It's a place to be nourished. 
and then home, or the house of God is bayit, and it means the place within. So, it's the place where we are the house of God, and we allow Him to be home, but we discover home in each other. Um, Psalm 127, which is part of the Songs of Ascent, says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. And it's really talking about the word used for house is bait, and and its meaning is a place of the heart. It's used again in John 14, too, where it says, in my Father's house are many rooms or dwelling places. I go to prepare a place for you. That same word is used here that was used in one Psalm 127, 1, and it expresses the idea of a place of the heart. In Papa's heart are many rooms. There's room for all of us, and we get to go forth with that, that truth, that idea. There's room for all of us, and we go from displaced to dwelling, from exile to entered. We come out of exile, and we might see places where our temples have had decay, where the walls have fallen, where there's ruins and it's time to rebuild, where we go from grief to joy. And again, that pruning reveals the covenant that we take hold of and takes us out of those ruins, out of any condition. So, and the whole idea of the temple, the building of it, the rebuilding of it, was to reveal God's heart to be with humanity. And so, this ascent is all about the restoration, our restoration to the presence of God, and that we would make room for all to dwell in the presence of God. Psalm 126, also part of the Psalms of Ascent, says, Those who sow in tears will reap with cries of joy. He who goes out weeping, grieving, as he carries his sack of seed will come home with cries of joy as he carries his sheaves of grain. From grief to joy. No longer seed, but the the fruit of seed. What comes from seed. Uh, Psalm 127, as I said, Solomon wrote, and it's considered the pinnacle of these songs of ascent because it's a call. Once again, so Solomon, who built a temple, but realized that it was really about dwelling with God, this pursuit to dwell with God. This is how we sow. As we go out sowing in the season, we're sowing into God's heart, not, not the earth's soil, but God's heart. And, and really, daily bread is such a huge part of this. It says in Psalm 127, He provides for His beloved <coughs> even when they sleep. Um, I'm not going to go through all of the, the Psalms within the 15. I want to mention Psalm 121 which is, as I read it, I just knew it was the balm to weary souls, those who were on their way to joy. And it cross-references to Numbers 6, 24 through 27. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord cause His face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. This is the promise of the generations. So, these songs of ascent take us to the place where we know for us, we get to follow Jesus into the presence of God. That's our reconciliation. And there's so much in this ascent. There's, um, there's the coming out of exile. There's the repentance, the return. And the return is to His presence, His protection, His mercy, His help, His comfort, His goodness, and His reign. And I love that these are really meant to be sung because Scripture attributes singing to both God and Jesus. God sang. Jesus sang. You can find that in Zephaniah 3.17, Matthew 26.30, and Hebrew 2.10-12. Of course, Jesus sang the Hallels, you know, on His way to the cross. These ascent, to ascend, to rebuild, to sing these songs of pilgrimage can change our perspective and um, unifies us as we sojourn together. And the together really matters. This just ties back to what you were saying. As we journey, there are certain elements that help us as we sow. So we sow in His heart, which means we're sowing into each other, we're sowing into the promise and the plans and purposes of God. But one of those elements is to know the enemy's schemes, to know that the enemy wants to steal the seed, you know, wants to keep there truly from being a harvest. And as we sojourn together, we're recognizing these schemes, not just related to ourselves, but to each other. And that's part of this consideration. Hey, if there's a scheme for my life, there's probably a scheme for that person's life. Hey, I want to be part of thwarting that too. I want to be part of the good news that the enemy had no place among us. He had no place in our relationship. He had no place in our dwelling so that he can't steal our ability to abide. The second element is forgiveness. In, uh, oh, I didn't write my reference, but <laughs> anyone you forgive, I forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that the enemy would not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Forgiveness in the sight of Jesus, you know, for the sake of Jesus, for everything He came to be the sake of, it outwits the enemy and allows us to dwell together. And then we can encourage each other. And as it says in 1 Peter 4, 7-8, through 8, we can love each other deeply. Set up road signs. Put up guideposts. Take note of the highway, the road that you take. Return, virgin Israel. Return to your towns. How long will you wonder? The Lord will create a new thing on earth. The woman will return to the man. Another version of that says circle the man, and we've talked about that in a podcast. But that's our journey, to come 
to Him together, to come, to come together, to abide with Him, with each other, and uh, to know that we are ascending. We have these songs of ascent. I invite you to, to read them and see the exile they begin with to the dwelling they culminate with, to the discovery of the joy set before, and how each one of those, you know, at times it sounds very individual. Um, you know, when David is writing, he's, he's talking about himself, but he's talking about the nation. He's inviting them to be the nation, to be the peoplehood, to be the gathered that um, happens through Sukkot. So they walk together from there for all, all the promises of God to be full. It just makes you want to dwell with God. It does. And to stay there. And that, and that's, that is such the heart cry of Elohim right now, is Ascend. Yeah, yeah, it is ascend, rebuild. Nothing's ruined. That's right. It's all ripe for the seed that we carry to bring the harvest of home hmm. to the world. Yeah. Return together and sing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to sing... You know, it brings a satisfaction that sometimes just words we say can't because there's a unity in it. There's a harmony. It's worship is so, so, so precious to the Lord. And it's a way He draws us together. Yes. Well, yay. Yay. Hallelujah. Indeed. Mm -hmm. All right. Live streaming tonight. We can't wait. Nope. We'll see you there, or we'll you'll see us there. Yeah, however that works. Hear us there, whatever it is. Yeah. We can't wait. All right, bye. Bye.